Please listen carefully. I was thinking about it earlier this morning. I was like, wow, it takes two people to replace stuff. What a compliment. I literally was thinking that in the shower. And I was just like, oh, which is hilarious because Steph talks the least. I was and you guys say, definitely talk more than her. I was going to say, this is going to be the longest episode ever. Because if we had just replaced her with one of you, it would have been longer than normal. All right, all right, all right. I think we're ready to go. What's up, sisters? Welcome back to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister, your favorite podcast that loves you so much, but also needs $25,000 because our enemies are after us. I'm Christina. I'm Natasha. I'm Shanice. I'm Marina. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) you told me to go first. I did. That did happen. We let's try that again. To be fair, yeah, we're two people trying to be one. So. And we're Steph. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so that's right, listeners. You may have noticed uh, this episode, we do not have a Stephanie joining us. Uh, she went to Florida, and so now she cannot be trusted. Uh, she could already be dead for all we know. Um, it's not a great place there. But we have decided to replace her, possibly permanently, with two podcast veterans Okay, two of the people in our number one fan club whose names we don't know and whose names possibly you don't know because they both spoke (laughs) over each other. Um, These are two of our visitors from when we did our Christina Reads episodes, Shanice and Marina. Now you know Uh, our names. Welcome. Well, because it's written at the bottom of the screen. So thanks for that. Put it on the uh, episode uh, description as well. I want my name in there. Steph and Steph. Yeah. The two Stephs. Um, Also very funny because this is going to be one of our least popular episodes ever because we have brought in two listeners. I need you to understand. (laughs) I'm going to listen again. (laughs) I don't know if I can listen to myself. I'm not going to lie. I I have to. You get used to it pretty quick. You do get used to it. I think like at first you're like, oh, I'm annoyed with like little ticks that I have or whatever. I'm still annoyed with them, whatever. Oh, I remember. Matter. I used to be I'm a booktuber, all- so I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then and then after a while, you're just like, yeah, OK. Yeah. I will say to you, four years in, I'm also annoyed with Nat's ticks. Uh, wow. <laughs> you know what? Animosity. You can replace me as well. Fuck off. We know. Listen, we know you're trying to get out of this podcast. Hop on. Where's Ardo? She's in the wings. She's ready. She's on standby. Listen, what an uplift that would be. You could replace any of us with Ardo and the pod would instantly get better. I agree. Ardo, she has a podcast. (laughs) But she'd like this one even better because she doesn't have to edit it. That's fair. I'll be editing it. Don't you love when we talk about our entire fan base in the span of a single episode? Uh, Now with that... We should talk about what our topic is for the episode. You might have guessed. You probably read the name of the episode. Let's be real. We are talking about the current time that is the season of scams. It is everywhere. Netflix, Disney Plus, everyone is dropping. Puppet Master, Tindler Swindler, Swindler, hard to say. Inventing Anna, just started watching The Dropout. Um, And then other things popping up randomly. The other day, I decided to watch The Shrink Next Door. Had no idea that was also a con show. They are everywhere. And it is because people cannot be trusted. And somehow, people fall for the dumbest things. Me. 
(laughs) It's just truly wild. It's truly wild. So we are just going to go through and chat about some of the cons that are being talked about right now. I think there's too many for us to limit it to just one each. Uh, We'll just go through what's going on. Yeah. Um, And also, not to be mixing them up up with heists like I was doing. (laughs) Yeah, a heist is a very different thing. Cons are a subgenre. Or heist are a subgenre. I guess you could define cons more as you're literally actually physically deceiving somebody for either financial gain or whatever other gain versus like a heist would be more of a robbery. You're not really deceiving anyone. I mean, deception can be part of that, obviously. But I would say a con is a more like very specific. Yeah, cons and scams are like more personal and then like heists are like you're going after something or It could be fraud. It could be, you know identity theft whatever part of it's all part They're of all subgenres thing. of each other yeah. i also feel like a con is a grift it's a very important part of it you have to specifically be grifting someone to yeah. pull off a heist you don't technically need to grift you can just rob but what i like about both of them is that when you talk about a con and when you talk about a heist there is a certain amount of flair thrown in there's an aesthetic <laughs> element to the two of them we know i'm a big fan of heist on the show i've talked about it get a group of ragtag criminals oh, together yes. who shouldn't found work family together, but somehow do found family we there's always some romantic sexual tension between two of them oh no tough. they're siblings they're family i hope not <laughs> <laughs> it's a found except, family except for those two <laughs> well depending on which show you're watching sometimes also those two are both a family and have a romantic chemistry. It's true. It's weird, guys. Oh, God. It's more common than you think. <laughs> but one thing I will say, so I just, everything I just said about, like, I love a grift because there's an aesthetic element to it because, of course, I do. But I think what's kind of an interesting topic, and we can just bounce right past this if we don't want to chat about it, is as we talk about some of these ones that are coming up, I almost have to question, like, should we really be making shows about these people while they're all still alive? And are fully profiting off of the retellings of their grifts and making them look, like, cooler than what they are. Like, I love the aesthetic of a scam, but you're still a real person (laughs) that fucked over a lot of people. And I'm supposed to... That's a huge piece of the puzzle of the conversation. More so, like, the scammers that didn't actually kill anybody. We should clarify. (laughs) That we know of. That we know of. <laughs> because, like, I think, like, there's there's definitely, like, a weird... So, like, I know you said, like, there's a flair element to cons. But there are some people that are con artists that also are extremely dangerous. Like, and I think that adds, like, a totally different vibe to the con. Like, Shrink Next Door is definitely one of those ones I think would count as them. Even though, you know, physically I don't think he actually harmed anybody. I think the, the serpent... Like, I think, Christina, you, now you just watched it. The serpent is like that. Where I did, like, I he's got this, it, like, but... this flair, but it's like, he's straight up murdering people. Like, yeah, it's like, fucked pu- up. Puppet Master falls into that as well. Like, it's just like, oh, this man is physically, yeah. like, actually harming and people. And serpent's based on a real person, too. Like, that, those were, like, real people involved. And it ruins, you know, the fictional love you have for for a grift. You know, it ruins it when they're violent serial killers. It's like, oh... You had to be a dick about it. You couldn't just steal from rich people. You had to be a dick about it. And so now here we are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But if they're yeah. fictional, if they're fictional ones, go off. Do you do whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're real? Ugh, no, thank you. 
I think we will be talking mostly about real ones this one because the season is all true crime. I will say Leverage is my favorite fictional con plus heist. Yeah. There was flair, there was found family, everything about it. It just ticked all those boxes. But as we talked about uh, real life stuff, what is the sort of most recent scam show you've watched? And let's go into one of those. I'll be honest, I haven't watched, like, I don't really watch the real life ones. Okay, I'll go. Um, this is a, then, yeah, this is clearly Marina's. Um, I was gonna say between the, like, all the recent shows that have come out, the puppet one, what's it called again? Puppet, the puppet, puppet master. Puppet master, yes. So I watched that one because, one, I felt really left out of the conversation on Slack. Like, everyone <laughs> was talking about it. I'm like, I need to know what this is about. I think that that was, like, probably the first time watching one of these kinds of, like, documentary shows, whatever, where I legitimately, like, I was crying. Like, I've, I felt so bad for those people and for those families. Like, Tinder Swindler, there's almost like a comic side to it where you're like, oh, this is so absurd that you just like go on the ride and it's like, yeah, this is funny, whatever. Of course, I feel for the, for the girls, for the ladies that got swindled, but it's, I don't know, there was something about Puppet Master that just really tugged at my, my heartstrings. I was like, no, like the, like the, um, parts where they show the um, the kids growing up and now they're adults and like their mom has been gone for like what a decade over a decade now so sad sorry just to clarify for like whoever's listening obviously for the puppet master me um also Shanice the story I can't even remember the dude's name the story is basically this guy has come into people's yeah. yeah I guess not relevant and also I don't interrupt again but kind of the point sometimes is that their names are literally irrelevant in that they have yeah, 19 yeah. of them. That's true. true. That's absolutely true. But this man, like, basically comes into, like, multiple women's lives, basically up and, and men, actually, a couple men <laughs> here and there, upends them, convinces them that he's a spy for MI5 or MI whatever. Get the fuck what, out. What, yeah, yeah. And then basically <laughs> oh isolates God. them, gets them to give him money, gets them isolated in, like, these little places that he puts them in for years on end. Years! Yeah, and I couldn't believe it. Like, I was just like, how how do you end up like this? Like, I one one woman had to, like, keep asking her parents for money over the phone. And they, like, they knew it was a scam the whole time. But, like, there was that, like, they also want their daughter to be, like, okay. And they want, like, some opportunity to bring her back. Her so dad like was that. badass. Her, yeah, her dad was just like, he is a spy. Keep- <laughs> he's a, he's a detective. Like he's- he was like, he like broke into the home that they ended up in on their road trip out to wherever they went. Like, I was like, this man is like serious business. That was the first time that I saw a scene where someone has like a wall full of photos and maps and like things connecting to each other. And yeah. I was like, you in deserve that wall. You are actually <laughs> using earned- that wall. You've earned it. Oh my God. <laughs> But, like, yeah, like, that that whole aspect is obviously part of it. But then also, like, I, the, did he hurt anybody? I can't remember. He did. He the, did yeah. the girl who's fought, so in Puppet Master, as mentioned, they're one of the main girls that he um, separates for a long period of time. I think she spends 10, 15 years isolated from everyone thinking he's an agent. The, um, the one where her father is actually the one that had initially led to him being found. So at one point he keeps her locked up in a bathroom oh, for like four so days sad. on end. So she's starving. And then once she's at 
the like end of that four days when she is basically on the brink of dying he comes into the bathroom after having like beaten her and left her and then he essentially tells her either she's gonna have sex with him or she'll stay locked up in there yeah oh my I think he's God. Just like, yeah and so she ends up she's right she ends up sleeping with him in what she says is like a survival instinct yeah but that is rape like um, yeah that was and really she, she didn't have a choice it was a choice yeah, not really the way the way she phrased it on the show was something like oh like having sex with him was the light at the end of the tunnel like it was her sliver of hope mm-hmm. to escape and get out of the bathroom it gets her out of that yeah. room yeah yeah and so that's not something that happens once you don't do that one and you also just don't do that one time and that's the one time only this guy kept a lot of people locked up for a really that's long a strategy time. And he was the one exactly. giving them food. So, like, if he forgot about them, they were stranded nowhere, if starving. If he ever got caught... But I'm sure that was also part of... It, like, that's part of his plan as well. Yeah. So his con, um, in addition to lying about them, like, he's not doing this just because he gets off on it. Though, to go as far as he did, there absolutely is an element of, like, a sadistic streak there. But he also tells them... And this is the part that killed me, that you pay to be the equivalent of witness protection. And so they are constantly getting money from their family for their family to pay him for them to be in witness protection when all of the time they're obviously not witness protection. They're being held captive by a criminal. Except for the the children's mother. Well, the yeah. children's mother is, and I think that's where Puppet Master, I mean, Puppet Master, as we can clearly say, it took a dark turn. It starts off really absurd with it being like, this guy tells four people he's MI6. And there's a, a there's an odd tinge of like, what the hell is going on to it? But really, he is also a domestic abuser, clear and simple. Like a lot of the things he does are very similar to the stories and the experiences people have with just like, regular old domestic abuse for lack of a better term and you find out that he essentially like the woman who is still with him who is still under this spell whether it's for survival whether it's from being brainwashed whether it's because of some other reason she's still with him you find out she was basically locked in her bedroom like she went from being a, a loving mother and a happy person to suing her children for defamation um, and not having seen them for 15 years and kicking, like leaving her son locked out of the house with nothing for him to be homeless because this man said so. And like, that's just not something that you do. He hasn't, has he not been arrested or anything? Because he has. Oh, he has? So he was arrested. Oh, like recently? No, 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 no. The one that you see on the show. Yeah, sorry. So he gets arrested in the show for locking up those four people plus a bunch of additional people. The the story starts taking place in like the 1980s and then it transfers to right now. And the people that he locked up in the 1980s and all the cons that he did for a good like 10, 15 years, he gets arrested for those. But, and this is what's so fascinating about these true crime versions of these... um, these like cons and these scams uh, is that police don't do anything. And because of the way laws are set up, there's often a mix of like, what did they do that was actually illegal though? Yeah. And like if people did it on their own accord, like if she's not going to testify and they can't do shit. Well, they make the case that because he didn't technically lock up all of these people for 15 years, which again, that's incorrect. He locked them up mentally and he did physically lock up this woman. Um, 
he cannot be uh, charged with kidnapping. So even though he was arrested and went to prison on an appeal, they said that these people were not technically locked up and they could have left at any point in time. They did not have to, you know, he didn't put a gun to their head. Is there That's some cult thing. shit. It was like there's heartbreaking to see overlap. like the daughter of like the dad that was like badass or whatever when she was like she's like I chose not to leave even when I was starving like I ate rotten bread for like a week and yeah. didn't leave and she's like what is that like she's like I, I don't even know that's how to a explain. psychological torture yeah that's a hundred percent like it's trauma it's like the fact that she eventually did leave but it was because of like like another friend got involved or whatever and it was like a whole thing. She- so she, what ended up happening is he, so he clearly has a network of people he's done somewhat similar things to. And he has this woman that he clearly has also conned in some way, but she has kind of, I want elevated feels like the wrong term, but she has now become part of a con as time has gone on. So he essentially like, quote unquote, gifts the initial girl to her to basically be like a house worker which is slavery. That's just what it is. She's not going to pay for this. Um, but I guess the general idea is that these two form kind of somewhat of a bond as much as you can. Like this other person is clearly also in the wrong and that should be considered. But, but this whole time they don't know she... that they're both victims. Exactly. Um, although, yeah, so that's going on. So the police come one day to the house because her father figured something else, something out and found her out father doing the was. most work. And truly. Bro, the I star of the show. Police who? This man was the star of the show. No, truly. The, the <laughs> ongoing theme for all of these things is truly police who. So this father finds out where to live. The police go there and then the woman sees the police. They're coming for the other girl and she like, the way they described it was that she gave the daughter like a nod, like talk to them something's wrong talk to them because as far as the main girl is is thinks she's been being chased for 15 years so this could be a ploy to murder her um although i, I like I, you know i make jokes a lot of the time about how like if there was ever a zombie apocalypse i'm out bye i like this is another situation where i'm just impressed by people's ability to survive because i'm not i like a lot i like a life of leisure I like a life of leisure. I don't know how these people are doing it. I would get tired of being like going on the run with this dude after like two days. I'd be like, all right, just kill me. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. You know, like, oh, the IRA is going to come after me. Okay. You know, like letting your guard down for like one second or like not being paranoid that like you can trust you can trust them, quote unquote, like, (laughs) no. And I think to take this on, not necessarily to lighter matters, but to bring this up. So that's Puppet Master. It's very good. Should be watched. Wait, what's but the what's thing... the update before oh. we move on? But I don't think it's about Puppet Master, is it? No, 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 it wasn't. Marina has a special update about a specific con that she's going to share with us whenever it comes up naturally. But I want to <laughs> lay it in there as like a little like, ooh, keep listening. Um, <laughs> one thing that comes up across so much in particular the documentary two crimes so the fictionalized versions of two crimes not talking about those but the documentary ones in particular police and we know this police are fucking useless like this is a classic documentary trope is that the police actually they often like literally will interview a serial killer and then walk away being like what a nice guy but in the con ones there's this like they literally have so many times where people are calling the police and being like 
there's a scam out there. This guy is doing this thing. And the police are like, we don't care. I was, yeah, I was going to say, let's talk about like, okay, there's also people that are individually doing this legwork for the police. Yeah, yeah. But also, no, uh, I think we deserve a sponsorship or some sort of thing. American Express, what are you doing? <laughs> you have, like, if American Indo- Express finds out that you have been grifted, they will personally take care of you if you are a white lady. Yeah, they, they will a, to your be like, forget about them at 450000 whatever. What? We know it was a grift. It's fine. Don't worry. And then they'll bring, like, individual people to your home with official briefcases. Like, what a wild, and it's been in multiple instances so far. So hell? this is for people that don't yeah. know. One, American Express just sponsors this. <laughs> and I, I think it's because American Express is that card that like famously you can get it with like super high to absolutely no limits. So American Express is the card of scam artists. Like they love it. But I think American Express knows this. And so in their product placement, in all of these documentaries and shows, they're like, make sure you show that we take care of them though. Because in <laughs> Tinder Swindler... When one woman is like, oh, God, she finally realizes she's been scammed. She calls American Express and she's like, he's racking up these bills. I know I said this was me. It's not me. You have to help me. They send two people to her house in personally and suits. And they're like, we know who he is. And I'm like, what? Yeah, (laughs) they've been following this man. American Express is doing more police work than the police to look for the Tinder swindler. And then in Inventing Anna, and this is true, um, one of the characters in Inventing Anna has a personal Rachel. Amex, Rachel, a personal Amex and a work Amex. And through a series of, uh, honestly, a comedy of errors, um, Anna ends up running up the bill on both her personal and her work Amex to the tune of $60,000. And you find out afterwards that Amex just went, you know, given the story, we're just going to forgive the debt. Meanwhile, you have like other credit card places being like, you need to find six receipts from that day four years ago to prove that you like wouldn't have bought this. And you're like, can I just want my like $40 back, please? (laughs) I know like this is like a fictionalized part of the show, but like the woman, like the mentor person that she's staying with and she like racks up the bills on her thing up to like 4450,000. I was like, "Oh, is that like a true story? That person didn't exist apparently." But like just even like showing um Amex was like, "Yeah, we'll forgive that." I was like, "Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, I'm sure it happened in real life because we've already learned from the past that they were like, "Yeah, you've been scammed. We believe you." And but I think also with, again, with Amex, all you got to do be a sympathetic white lady and mx says you covered mx is like you know what you i can i can do that i can be that equal equal (laughs) go for it shanice (laughs) i can do that recommend it recommend it if you want if you want a con con with mx that sounded like a commercial ad you like want a con con with mx sponsor (laughs) us i have an amex oh my god i just don't understand Um, like like the way that they can get away with these things for so long with so many it's, people being like, hmm, something's not well, right, but, but because they don't talk to each other or like. It's also like, okay, when I was thinking about this, I, this is like such a weird like anecdote, but like, I remember, have you guys ever played bullshit? Like the card game? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I remember as a kid playing bullshit with like my cousins, it would be a huge group of us. And we'd put in two decks together, by the way, two decks, you know, like make it nice for everybody. And I remember this one cousin would fucking bullshit the whole 
time. And was it you? Us, you were the cousin? No, I, it was never me. But <laughs> none of us would ever question him, even when he was full bald face lying to us. To our, he was like, "I'm putting down nine aces." We still wouldn't call it. Like, I right. don't know why. I don't know why. I think there's something about like the a the audacity of it because you don't think everybody would anybody would have the fucking balls to do it. I started questioning the deck. I was like, "Did we accidentally slip an extra ace in there?" There was also like the confidence with which he put it down and was like, "Yeah, this is I belong here. These cards belong here. These cards are true. Whatever." And like I, the whole time, I've been watching like all these like conches that have been coming out. I'm like. Wow, my cousin would have made a great Your fucking cousin's a con sociopath. <laughs> no, con stands for confidence. Like, that oh. is legitimately what Conviction. it stands for. Conviction. Confidence. I like that you said, oh. It, no, it's genuinely what it stands for. Oh, actually? A con, yeah, a con game is a, a confidence game. It's a confidence Hell game. Up. A con artist is a confidence artist. The like, that is genuinely you what it stands for. You learn something new every day. I wouldn't have known Look, if Steph had gone to Florida. Podcast. Steph hadn't left but, and gone to Florida, I never would have known. Yeah, because wow. we probably wouldn't have spelled it out if she was still here. We would have already been blown past this part. I wouldn't have, like, uh-huh. when am I going to Google con game? Or con? What does con mean? <laughs> Actually, I might have because I keep thinking it's a heist. <laughs> but it's one of those things too where you see it so often and it it proves it it's a mix of being a con artist but also privilege like you have to also have the privilege to have your confidence be unquestioned and yeah. you see that so much in especially the ones like inventing anna where you just walk into a hotel and you act like you have enough money to be there and so they don't even check to make sure that you and do. people would believe that you would have you would well, have enough money like well she had enough kind of to like slip yeah. in the tips and like pretend I mean, yeah she definitely well, cons that money as well but yeah. but like here here's here's where it comes into like the argument that her lawyer made in real life where he was like everybody cons everybody a little bit because you are faking it until you make it for for like yep. the most part with a lot of people even like people you're making friends with sometimes you're just like well i gotta fake this so that we have been conning this friendship for a long time i know same like you guys don't even know me (laughs) well it was like what like a year and a half before i met you in person we sat beside each other at a movie and i'm like i don't think we've met before the reason me and i have animosity is because i'm the only one that does know her because she can't hide from me because i can see every time she's lying you Are can't you see it on the audio, but the, in video, Nat's just like, mm. Nat, she knows blink, I'm right. Blink twice rapidly if you're being held against your will. Psychologically <laughs> or physically. Twice. Psychologically. That's fine. We've established multiple times that there is a good chance I will accidentally start, start a cult. So if Absolutely. That's what, is, that's what it is. And that's another element to the con artist game. Like, this is something that goes into multiple genres because i also watched um the vikram documentary recently which actually came out a while ago but i had only just seen it and that one was also about how essentially this man was also a con artist about inventing hot yoga and a series of yoga poses when he did not he got it from a yoga master he lied about there being yoga competitions in india was he white like no he was an indian guy okay um a white guy named vikram Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize that that was his name. The no, no. ultimate con. Yeah, no, no. Let me see. If a white guy wanted to pull this off, he would change his name to Vikram and just be like, "Oh, I I, I discovered myself in India." Like that's not yeah. totally unreasonable. But he was from India, and he conned people in the U.S. into believing that like he was a yogi champion, as if yoga is a fucking competition. Honestly, I'm not mad. Oh, no, conned the white can, people. No, so at first 
I'm not gonna lie to you, same. But, and this is where it always gets, this is what ends up happening. They're greedy, horrible people because he ends up using that power to sexually assault many, many, many people. And he essentially sets up an MLM scam as well. Holy shit. So it's one of those things of like, you could have just fooled white people and you could have just stolen their money. Like you went too far. Yeah, but you go too far. And that's the case all the time. In Inventing Anna, we clearly saw that even though she was running scams left, right, and center, she probably could have made something work if she hadn't gone after the amount of money she did. That's if true. She didn't they never know when to, to stop. After, yeah, if she didn't have to go after 25 or 100 million or whatever it was for that particular building, she had a bank just hand her $100,000. But also, she her. definitely was doing, like, I think she like literally believes in her foundation being yes, a thing. She, and so I think that is part of the issue why she can't get anything done because like <laughs> she has to keep giving away the money that she scammed out of people or banks. But we see that with a lot of scammers. Again, Tinder Swindler was the same one. If this man at any point had just stopped, he would have had a huge amount of money, but he kept using the money he was scamming to get new people involved and start scamming them so he could get their money pay Peter. so he could then pay new one. And what ends up happening <laughs> is it's a Ponzi scheme, meaning that your con will always fail because a Ponzi scheme cannot continue to go on. Whereas if you just stole money from rich people, you could just be rich. And there's uh, like always that saying of like, rich people are too embarrassed to admit that they were conned. So they would yeah. never yeah. Yeah. say that something happened. Versus like when you're still involved in their life, when you're still like around, still asking for more, like basically getting more. It's just like, just take the money and go at this point. Like guys, this is a parenthesis, but I got conned the other day. at the Oh my God. <laughs> convenience store. <laughs> what? It was a good con for a good cause. <laughs> I was walking to the convenience store to buy something and there was a homeless gentleman outside of the door and he asked um can you buy me a pop for our american listeners i don't know if you have those a pop is a soda <laughs> um, <laughs> so this man asked me to buy him a pop and i'm like yeah sure so he comes in first of all he didn't get a pop he got a chocolate milk that's fine that's not the con um puts it on the counter and as i'm paying for my stuff he asks oh can i also get a snack i'm like yes of course so then he turns around and grabs, like, a handful of, like, Twinkies, Reese's Cups, like, a bunch of shit and just dumps it on the counter. And then the the clerk was like, you're not wearing a mask. You need to leave to the guy. So he left. And then I'm stuck with all these things on the counter. I'm like, I guess. Yeah, bag it up. I guess I'm paying for this man's meal. Like, oh, he picked up some snacks for you, too. <laughs> I should have. T- oh, it's fine. And then. As I gave him the bag, I'm like, you know what? He is the one living in the streets. I have a place to go at the end of the day. It's fine. I'll be con today. He he got his food. He was like, I'm picking up all of these Twinkies. Good for him. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, listen, I, but it's a smart play because either you say no and he doesn't get it, which is fine. He didn't have it already. Or you just go, okay. And then he has more. But then so, that's the thing. It was like in the moment, I'm like, I'm not going to be the asshole saying no to the man who's homeless and hungry when I'm the one just buying like snacks for myself. Like, you know, like just because like, I don't know. I just in the moment I was like, I'm not going to be the asshole not feeding the homeless It's like, man. you know what? He was smarter than you and you had to. He was. <laughs> he was. He saw his opportunity and he took it. Yeah. 
So every time I walk by now, I'm like, I hope he doesn't recognize me because I can't keep feeding both of us. (laughs) Confident man. (laughs) Wild. Wild everyday con. But where it comes with a lot... One thing that kills me, though, when it comes to a lot of these cons is because you'll see people coming back and being like, oh, I would never fall for that. And I can admit that I'm one of those people that watches this sometimes. And I'm like, how the fuck I did fell you for people it. fall? How the fuck do people fall for this? Because sometimes <laughs> they fall for shit. And I'm like, is it that you because they, they, they are not people with money, but there must just be people who were never poor. Because if you've been poor, you would not casually just trust that someone will pay you back thousands and thousands of dollars. But also, I live content in the knowledge, I don't have enough money to be conned anyway. See, that's what I thought. But then the the Puppet Master whatever show, like, those were regular people. Also, technically, Tinder Swindler, they took out loans for that. Yeah. crazy to me. I would never. You you also (laughs) find out, I will, for the Puppet Master... Some of them, the ones, had a certain amount of family money. Yeah. So true. With with Puppet Master and Tinder Swindler, these are not rich people the way Inventing Anna was going after yeah. rich people. These are people who... They're well off, not are, rich. Are, have well off. They have a set certain set of means. But yes, in Tinder Swindler, they all take out massive loans because I think they were just doing all right. Also, and, it should be noted, this kind of like links into like my, my pick, obviously. Um, the only ones that really get any sort of trial or anything are the ones that conned companies and banks. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. Because that's that's the only lots thing of people, people care are, about. Lots of rich people are losing lots yeah. of money. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna go right into the dropout, which is now a Hulu show. Is it on Hulu? Uh yeah. Disney Plus for us, yeah. Yeah, I haven't actually watched the show itself yet, which I know. I saw the first show. episode. Me too. I Amanda, that are out so far. I love her voice. She we'll did a great to, job. We'll, we'll have to talk about that a little bit. So, like, I'm probably gonna watch it as soon as I. Well, I know like not all the episodes are out, but I'm probably gonna watch it after I finish re-listening to the podcast, which is like my main source for the dropout, obviously. Um, but also, like, I did listen to the audiobook for Bad Blood. So, like, I have all, like, that background info. But, like, what's so intriguing about this one is, like, basically, uh, Elizabeth Holmes, she's literally called the dropout because she dropped out of Stanford, I think, or something. Um, and then created this company, Theranos, back in, like, I don't know, 2010 or something like that. And it, she was supposed to revolutionize, revolutionize healthcare by having a device, like, a one single device that could run thousands of blood tests with one single drop of blood and that's it which is scientifically impossible how do they think this would work (laughs) i i don't know it's really funny to me the whole time i'm listening and this is why like i really want to talk about this because it's literally like being at any tech company ever ever like every conversation they have i'm just like oh this is familiar this is familiar (laughs) ground for me but like it like so it's so scientifically impossible like you would have to have a breakthrough in a lab which is what they were saying they were doing, but they were a company based on like entrepreneurship. And then they just hired some scientists here and there. Yeah. It was an idea that not even with like an actual, like credible thing where they're like, Oh, we're going to be able to run tests without destroying blood droplets when you want one single drop of blood for that. And I'm like, I don't understand. (laughs) I was having a conversation with one of our other number one fans whose name, obviously I don't remember. Um, And I was chatting with her because we were, I was saying exactly the thing that I think is really interesting with Elizabeth Holmes is there's a lot of conversations about Elizabeth Holmes being a woman and how she gets untreated fairly because she's a woman, even though like 
she did lie and defraud people. That's a thing that did happen. However, and I'll tell you this fully, if Elizabeth Holmes had decided not to focus on biomedical science, actual science that needs to be proven or not, and had just worked on some bullshit software as a service, she would be a billionaire right now. She would have absolutely hit what she wanted 100%. Yeah. Because every every con that she's pulled has been pulled by every major male billionaire that exists right now. It's a real thing. But she was a fucking idiot. And I think similar (laughs) to the inventing Anna of like believing your old bullshit, she was so obsessed with doing something in the biomedical space and changing the world, a a space she had no knowledge or experience in, like that's heavily talked about, that you can't just, it's not like tech, you can't just skip school for being a fucking doctor. She had no understanding of it. And she went, no, it's fine. This will work. I have a general idea and that will be enough. And the thing is, she like fully believed it would happen. Like she would make it happen. Like she just had this idea and was like, yeah, yeah, we're going to make this happen. But like it also like she faked things like there's like in the in like the in the court episodes of the dropout podcast you actually hear that like there's two documents that she faked one from pfizer and one from this other health sciences place or whatever put their like logos on it and i'm like there have been instances where i've (laughs) i'm obviously not going to name any companies where we've worked where i've worked for companies where we've written out something for a company that we were working with and we basically asked them to slap their logo on it and approve that thing. And that's basically what they did, except they never got the approval to do it. And the thing is, this happens all the time. And like this one is obviously more serious because there's like a life and death component in it. Like there was one um, client who like thought that they had AIDS for three months. Oh my God. Like they thought that they had it and they were like, I don't know what to do. And they did multiple tests and it was like inconclusive and all of that. And like, imagine living with that for three months. Like imagine what kind of damage you could have done in your life, not just emotionally, but like to your relationships at some point. Like that, that to me is like, I don't think they talk about that aspect enough where it's like, yeah, there were like people that actually believed that they had certain things or thought they were dying at some point. Like it's, fucking crazy and then like there's all this uh, like obviously like she scammed people out of money like so like the like the like the big companies and the investors she scammed i'm less like less about that because like you when you invest in something you're taking that risk and i totally get that part of that i I feel like that is something that they should should have expected it didn't work out whatever and obviously she did like fraud some people into investing and that's part of the issue because she did make up some documents and she did lie to the journalist that wrote that big like fortune article on her or whatever and that was part of like her credibility claim essentially but like like the individual families that invested in her obviously like she she targeted targeted those people like a predator essentially like they were they were people that could only afford like i mean i say only afford a million dollars a hundred thousand dollars it's still a lot of money but like in the big scheme of things they were nothing they were just like this like cherry on top for her and they were just like she targeted those people families that like are wealthy ish but they also aren't the people that normally have access to invest in companies like this and they thought they were getting some vip access somehow like they they were special special in some way Yeah, she made them feel special. But what is crazy to me about this is that, like, okay, I know this is, like, a confidence game whatever part of it is part of that. But, like, people are like, oh, she's, like, so, um, 
she's like so what is it called she's so charismatic she's so attractive and every time every time i hear her talk and every time i hear anything i'm like i don't get it like i she just sounds like every other boss i've ever had that has bullshitted their way through any conversation and they're not actually saying anything of substantial like when you hear her like deposition recordings or whatever with like whatever i don't know if it's like the prosecutor whatever whoever she has to do that with a lawyer um but you hear her say things in answering their question and it's literally just like i don't recall (laughs) no no not not just like not like i don't remember but also like like she'll just she'll say things which are just like words there's there's no meaning behind them she's like no substance uh, the the device that is needed to be substantiated by blah 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 and i'm like what the fuck is this conversation (laughs) you've done everything but answer the question I think this is really interesting, too, though, because Anna Delvey is also very similar, I find, in that she also targeted people that, like, largely people that had a lot of money, but obviously still stole from people that didn't as well. But when they talk about her, like, you hear people talk about her as being, like, so charismatic and, like, not beautiful, but somehow beautiful in her not beauty. And she had this amazing style. Look at what Anna Delvey wears and tell me she has style. It's a lie. And I think there's two reasons for this. One, I think everyone that got conned needed to feel better about the fact that they got conned. They didn't get conned because someone was charismatic. They got conned because, especially for the tech industry, they saw an opportunity to make a lot of money fast. Yeah. And they were taking a risk and they don't want to admit that they were taking a risk because that's what it was. That's just what making an investment is. So they don't want to admit that. So it's better for them if there's some kind of fucking criminal masterminds that are so charismatic and effervescent that no one could possibly not fall under their trap. Meanwhile, there are regular everyday people that don't lose this much money to these kinds of people. They lose them to other cons like working um, (laughs) or paying rent to a landlord. But then I think there's also the element, too, of what these people don't admit is when you look at things like companies, you were also very easy to con. It was because you're dumb. It was because the way that companies work. It's easy to. It's easy. Yeah. And like they basically relied on the fact that some people wouldn't do like the effort they needed to do to double check on some of these claims. Like, yeah, yeah, like it would have taken what like an extra like i I don't know there was a one guy that had an expert on who was like a big investor in like health health things basically in the market which i don't know what that means (laughs) but like he seems to know like what he's talking about he's like the fact that they didn't spend they didn't have a a single person spend at least 30 hours investigating that's a red flag to me from the company i think why why did you trust them so easily i think that's such a huge thing with like scams like this where it's like people are so willing to just believe someone who could talk well or like make a big speech or like just sound like they know what they're talking about and they just don't do any kind of research ever they just believe it right away it's like is it no like is it that like people are like more trusting and also like all these companies are so have like overworked junior staff and they don't have the fucking time like is that part of it too i think it's more to do with like the shame that would come in being the person that's like to doubt them exactly because like that's what you see in anna where like a lot of anna's influence came from what's uh, her friend's name ness like getting her in contact with the right people at the right time, the right places, whatever. If it wasn't for her establishing those connections, other people wouldn't have looked at her with that jealousy and envy of like, oh my God, everyone knows her. Everyone is connected to yeah, her. I true. also want to work with her. 
Yeah. And her yeah. name is actually uh, Nef because it's Nefertiti. Oh, yes. I I love it. Great. Yeah. Name. Like, yeah, obviously, when they get that, like, connection piece, that makes it easy. But they, they play those connections so well. Like, even, yeah, like- I believe, Elizabeth Holmes did the same thing. Like, she got those connections. And it's, like, really interesting to see her now post-trial. Well, I mean, like, even during the trial where she's, like, engaged. Not even, I guess she's technically engaged. And they've, like, claimed that they're married, but they're actually technically they not married. They have a kid, right? Yeah, they have a kid, um, but she's basically engaged to this, like, hotelier's son. And so it's a rich family, and, like, it's so interesting. I was telling somebody about this. How these people meet each other? Yeah. But and why I think do they believe is, them? This is, this is part of the scam, though. Like, again, I think this is, like, obviously, like, a publicity thing. Like, she wanted to have... And the fact that she had a kid right before the trial, on purpose, 100%. They had to move that trial a whole year. That poor And kid. then COVID happened, and then, like... Yeah, like, I was just like, that, the kid was part of the plan. Like, what would it be like to be that kid growing up and right. then knowing knowing that, like, you were literally had because, like, she didn't want to go to jail right away. And then, she, then she's going to get shipped off to jail and not see this kid. <laughs> yeah, and, like, so there's, like, that aspect. And then you see, like, the hotelier son's dad, like, basically the hotelier, like, the dad. He, like, showed up to one of the yeah. trial days and I was like... Like and disguised I or something. Yeah, he came. Just people thought he was press, and he came there, and and they were like, "Oh, like which which company are you with?" And he's like, "The only people not being paid here right now are me and Elizabeth Holmes." And I was like, "What does that mean? Does he hate her? Like, what's what's the deal? Like, what what's going on? Like, is she scamming them out of money? Like, they're <laughs> she not, thought he was gonna be paid <laughs> because like they're not paying for her trial. That's covered by the insurance of the company, apparently, even though they're bankrupt. But, <laughs> um. Like, I don't understand what, like, the vibes are and, like, what's going... Like, what what are we going to find out after she's been sentenced in September is my question. Like, are we going to find out, like, the whole thing's going to fall apart? Like, what's going to happen to the kid? I'm curious how her boyfriend will be. Like, what's his name? Sonny? Mr. Bawani. Oh, Sunny? Sonny? Yeah, his trial yeah. just started, like, this week, I think. Okay. Yeah, it just so. did. I think one thing, too, with these things, especially when what who they've defrauded are large insurance companies stuff like that it's not going to be a long jail sentence so even with inventing anna they talk near the end and this is where i feel inventing anna was at its weakest at the end um that like oh god she might be in prison for 10 years and like the journalist that's become her friend and the lawyer that was also taken in by her con are like i can't believe she's going to be in prison that long and like not because they're abolitionists but just because they like anna um and it's like, it really didn't have a lot of emotional resonance because it's been less than two years and you, in real life, you know she's already out of prison. So Elizabeth Holmes will not be in prison for a long time. And if she no will, it'd be what. some like cushy, said, like white collar prison. They said they were, it was like nine months to 20 years. And I was like, it's not going to be 20 years. It's going to be three. It be, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be very, it's going to be a light sentence. And then she's going to get out earlier for good behavior. That's just what it's going to be. She's going to go back to her million dollar home. And exactly. Then... And she'll keep scandal because these rich people in particular keep falling for it. People keep like even. And this is the crazy part. Wild. Listening when to the trial, know. people still like her. They still like it. Like they still talk like the, the reason she's why charismatic the prosec- and attractive. <laughs> well, like the prosecution <laughs> was able to like have none of their witnesses essentially thrown out except for one because he was insane but like none of them thrown out because all of them were just like talking about her very kindly even as they were like saying like these are the things that she did and i was like why 
I'd be fucking pissed. There's yeah. a lot of white feminism to it, too. It's like, oh, yeah. she's this woman. Like, Just trying to make it intact. Like, yeah. Revolutionizing the world. Like, we gotta look up to her. One, yeah. one guy was like, oh, if a woman can scam everybody, we must be seeing a social change. And I was just like, all right. Okay. <laughs> she's like, de-legitimizing de- any other woman now because everyone's just like, well, they let this woman scam us, guys. I think what's interesting, so I've watched all three episodes that are currently out of The Dropout. Um, it will be updating week to week, which is very unfortunate. Please drop these things all at fucking once. Um, but I did catch all of them. And as I was watching the first, I think it was the first two episodes, I kind of kept being in this space of like, what is the show trying to say about the situation? Like, I do think there's a lot of these things where the situation is just so wild and outlandish. It'll be like, oh, people will like to watch this. But I personally am also looking for, like, what is your angle on this situation? Is there a what critique? What is your take of it? Something. Yeah. And I was struggling with where the show was going for it because I didn't feel like they were landing hard enough. But there's also still a lot more episodes. I'm not knocking it yet. It's very enjoyable. And Amanda does a fucking amazing job. And let me tell you something. The voice gets better. Okay? Let me tell you that as well. And the voice starts off well done. Um... <laughs> But there's this moment, which I thought was really interesting. So I didn't realize this. At one point, Anna poaches from Apple the uh, person oh, yeah. that designed the... Um, Not Anna. That designed but... the... Yeah, designed the iPhone. There you go. I was like, what was her name? Um, and this is, you know, a queer person of color. Um, and I believe I believe trans. I, I could be incorrect, but I believe that is what, it, what they are. And they talk a little bit about how the idea, the reason why this person decided to leave Apple was because of the hope of working for a young woman and like being on the side of the vision. And they talk about how even in the show, there is a million dollars in stocks on the line there, or or not even a million dollars, 15,000 Apple stocks, their entire retirement. And they leave to go to Theranos and there's really interesting conversations around, I, you know, I don't want to spoil it too much, but they have brief moments of, because you're not another white man, I expected better of you. And something along the lines of, but I have to be like them to succeed. And then, and I think very appropriately, the the person who invented the iPhone coming back and being like, no, you need to, it, you shouldn't be like them because of that. This is a hard way to describe that interaction without giving too much away of what's going down. But it's, I think, a fairly well done interaction of making them understand, like, you don't get to use being a woman as an excuse in this scenario. I came here because I would expect that you know that the way they operate is bullshit and you would be better. So the fact that you're worse than them is even worse than that. Yeah, and it's because like, you know you shouldn't be like this, and yet you're still exactly. doing it anyway. And it's a well-done exchange, and in a show that has a lot of white nonsense going about, that was one of the, like, that was that moment where I was like, this is what I'm looking for. Give me more of this. Tell me a little bit more about this angle. Because whether the show realizes it or not, it is telling that story. And I really hope it's intentional and they, they get there. Because there's also like, in the beginning, um, Elizabeth has a uh, woman of color as her assistant. And she does not make it like the show is not trying to insinuate that she's making any like outwardly um, like racial issues with this woman but she gets another 
assistant later on in the show who is a white woman. And I feel there are differences in the way that it's portrayed. And it's worth talking about whether it's intentional or not. Also, key thing in in like the like the real life story, um, like the case against Elizabeth Holmes only really came to fruition because of a woman of color that worked yes. for her. <laughs> yes, and she is the best. Like she started Listening her own to her like talk is amazing. It's amazing. She's so great. She like started her own like not for profit company, which like focuses on. Um, ethical essentially entrepreneurship and like companies like this in silicon valley that are started up and being ethical about the things that they do because it is literally so easy to scam people because this is what they do this is what what's happened actually one of the one of the interesting things from a different guest on the podcast itself he was talking about which like it kind of comes into play into like the kinds of systems that we have financially economically and like this entrepreneurship thing is the only way to end companies being able to do this and being able to scam people is to see a full collapse of the market essentially no half it. <laughs> yeah like it, it has to be people have to lose everything for this not to happen again and i was like that's fucking wild and like that's basically any system we have in place really i, I mean as someone who works in text and specifically in startups yeah the concept of venture capital funding is a minefield um it is rife for scam- scams and honestly like if you scam people that have money and if you van- scam vcs i don't care they had too much money to begin with go ahead but it's it's the fact that at the end of the day all of these scams because of greed end up turning into ponzi schemes where you end up having to scam a high number of people who cannot afford for you to be taking their two thousand dollars their twenty thousand dollars all to make up for the 125 million dollar scam that you're trying to pull off when we know at the end of the day that 125 million that got put into theranos nobody lost a dime on that there's insurance there's investments there's interest all of those people from that 125 million are perfectly fine but the people who didn't get paid wages uh in um inventing anna from Anne delphi the people that lost five thousand dollars a hundred thousand dollars their whole life savings the people in mcmillions who mortgage their house so that someone else could take sure. their money big short they do and, that and too big short those are the people who will never ever see a dime they do not have american express on their side making sure that they don't have to pay that money back. And it's yeah. just, even it's Even in Tinder Swindler, those time. loans that they took out with not Amex, literally, they're still paying those loans. Just, I think they started a GoFundMe, did they not? Yeah, and I was like, did. damn, they okay. But that's coming, because- that's public money that's going in there. And I'm like, that's people's money. Those people aren't going to get their money. I mean, I know it's like less, less from their pockets, but still, it's like. And it's also one of those things too where, we're giving them money so they can pay off their debts. So what ended up happening is that the guy that did this, the Tinder swindler, just, he just used all that money and there's no retribution. There's no getting that money back from him or finding a way. And even when people do have to pay restitution, unless there's a big Netflix deal that pays that restitution for them while also putting money in their pocket, it's McMillions where they're paying back $185 a year. McMillions is not a great example because the only people getting restitution there are McDonald's, but, and McDonald's doesn't need the restitution, but (laughs) that kind of thing. What was the Netflix thing that she was like supposed to donate the money? What was she donating it to? So because of Son of Sam laws, uh, you in New York, you cannot, technically you are not legally allowed to make a profit off of 
your crimes that you've been committed for unless you have fully paid restitution. Okay. So Netflix gave Anna Delvey, or whatever her real name is, $300,000, I believe, in order to make the show uh, Inventing Anna. And Anna Delvey had like $250,000 of restitution that had to be paid. So the bulk of her Netflix money went towards that restitution. But there was money left over that she then got to pocket after the lawyers were and paid. And she additionally has more deals now. Netflix well. is canceling my shows so they can pay fucking Anna Delvey. <laughs> Some extra money to pay off to pay off her crimes. I'm suing. You know what's really funny about this? She's still working on ADF, like her fucking foundation. Yeah. And I'm like, just keep the money and do something else. Oh my god! It honestly, it's crazy because she left prison, and this is again why I felt the ending of Inventing Anna just like did not ring emotional for me at all. This bitch left prison after like a month and a half, or not a month and a half, a year and a half. <laughs> um, what? She was there for ninety days. Um, after a year and a half. With more money in her pocket that she legitimately earned than she had in her entire life up to that point. I hate it here. Imagine if she had a real job the whole time. (laughs) So here's what we got to do. We got to have a scam that's so like interesting or big. And like, yeah, we'll pay for a couple years of prison. But then we get paid bank legitimately. From what we did. From the selling of sell. Well, Tom, yeah, like, yeah. let me talk about a scam that is currently still working, but I believe has an end date. Whatever that end will look like, and if anyone will ever end up being Student in trouble loans. for it, to say? Because it, well, <laughs> mm, yes. So real Z's. But actually, Elon Musk and Tesla. Uh-huh. Yes. Oh. Elon Musk and Tesla. Cars. That's a scam. Everything that you. E- Everything that Elon Musk has done is a scam and a con, but he had the money to back up his scam and con from the beginning from his diamond mines his blood in Africa. Okay, people with their self-made bullshit um, and their incredibly racist factory. He literally has diamond mines in Africa, so I'm willing to believe a lot of people when they say it's a racist work environment. Literally from the very beginning, when Tesla was being sold, it was using the same science and logic that Theranos was using with um, Elizabeth Holmes. Shut up. It was absolutely using the same kind of lies, the same kinds of tactics, the same tactics that a bunch of tech companies use, especially when they're not physical products because software is malleable and is easy to fake. So it was using a lot of those same tactics. And years down the line, people now have proof that Tesla cars aren't as environmentally friendly as they say they are. There is proof that Tesla cars are actively sold with lies to how they perform. There is proof that they are not being made the way they say they're made. There is proof that they are wildly unsafe in comparison to the safety claims that are being made. And there is proof that when Elon Musk wants to adjust his portfolio, he makes tweets that inflate or deflate the price of the Tesla stock so that he can then use that inflation or that deflation for his own personal means. Because when you're talking money at that scale, the money doesn't have to be real. It's just the concept that the assets are there. So he never has to sell a single Tesla stock. Tweets. He just, he tweets. And he's literally put it in tweets before. Billionaires should not be allowed to have Twitter. He puts out there like, I'm going to leave Tesla because he knows leaving Tesla will drop the stock of Tesla, which, by the way, if he needs a quick tax break or something with regards to taxes, 
the drop that he exactly if he needs text tesla stock to go up perhaps he wants to make a massive deal where he will be using his tesla stocks as social collateral for why he can say that he could pay back money that doesn't exist and he doesn't have is it not illegal to manipulate stocks like this and knowingly do it and then repurchase and resell like this is fucking wild this is actively illegal but he is a billionaire So he has the money. He had the initial money to back up his scam, which meant that he could run his con long enough that it paid off. But Tesla now has a shit ton of lawsuits. People continue to go after Tesla and continue to go after Elon Musk. At some point, something is going to break. I imagine he is too rich to ever face any kind of backlog. Absolutely. His scam was too successful. That's really what happened. Too many people, the whole world. He's working on rockets. He's not going anywhere. Exactly. So it's perfectly fine. He's going somewhere. It's all going to be good. (laughs) Shut up. But Tesla, the company, will see the result of the scam. We are in the 10th year of Theranos. You know what I'm saying? Like it is happening because it just every day is new and new proof that all of these things line up. And that is why I say if Elizabeth Holmes had not picked medicine, if she had just picked something where even when people were scammed, the story wasn't that sympathetic, she would have been fine. How many people has Mark Zuckerberg defrauded? We saw in the social network that he defrauded and lied to people all the time. But he got lucky. It worked out. Yeah. It's a success story when it works. It's a giant con and scam when it doesn't. I just find it crazy that, like, now that you're, I mean, I feel like deep inside, I always knew, like, the Tesla, like, con thing. But you putting it into words right now, it's like, oh, yeah, no, you're right. But it's crazy to think, like, of the prestige that tesla still has like owning a tesla car is like it's still like people want to be seen like you know and that it's so crazy because the con has extended to the product and i believe that lots of products are also cons i say as a marketer (laughs) um but like you want people and i I think it's funny again as we watch dropout steve jobs is clearly her idol steve jobs yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) leaning up against it Steve Jobs is also a con artist. He was just a successful one. He found out that the way to con people into buying a device that he did not make, but he got all the credit for making, was to make it about prestige, to make it a cult of creativity and a cult of culture. And that exists to this day. But this is essentially how marketing works, too. Think about any fucking designer product. Marketing is a con. I mean, essentially, yeah, you're you're a con artist. Um, um, Christina, we're telling a story. <laughs> so what we're doing? Well, if you think about it, it is a con. It's just you just have to have a product. Like it's just about whether or not your product actually works the way you say it's going to. Well, it's it's not even that. It's that is it actually worth the money people are paying for? Yes, it? and it's usually not. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say too, when we talk about as well what these giant tech companies have done is that before it worked, they were selling that it worked. They sell the idea that it's going to change the world before it changed the world. And it's that narrative that means they have enough money to make something that changes the world. They would never get to that point if they didn't, if they couldn't sell the idea that they could. And you either get lucky and you can, 
Or you don't get lucky and maybe you go to prison for a month. Like, that's just what it is. And again, I do say this as a marketer. Like, I believe sometimes I have a belief in the concept of ethical marketing. I don't believe most marketing that exists is. I This comes down to the concept of like, <laughs> we are all slowly like like lightly conning each other when we're like developing relationships but also we are constantly being conned oh absolutely oh, yeah. like constantly like that's such a weird concept to go through in life and be like ah who's conning me today like who- <laughs> <laughs> how often did you make me start but also how often does a company you know we've talked about this there is a company that many people that we know have in common and <laughs> It's hard not, yeah, it's hard not to see looking at the way that it is currently working, how that company is using manipulation tactics to ingratiate its workers with a sense of um, loyalty and gratefulness to the company for giving them what is essentially nothing, for an extra day off randomly, for... The idea of something that used to be good, but now five years later, we know isn't that great, but banking on that social capital of saying, no, but we're going to change the world, of creating that cult of what we do is important. And so that's why this is fine. And that's <laughs> one of these workers is not like the other right now. <laughs> well, that's, that, but that's that's a big part of publishing. It's that idea that like what we do is a, a higher art, like we're... Mm-hmm. We're putting out these ideas and stories. Yeah, and that's the con on us. That's an emotional con. You're like, it's like these, the the product you're putting out is going to affect you emotionally and intellectually. A great version of this that I think always exists is, and I've talked about this before. I don't know if it's been on the podcast though. So I went to watch Wolf of Wall Street in theaters when it came out. I was going to bring that up in this episode. I like a good con. I've discussed it. There is, so Wolf of Wall Street goes to the horror story. And then as you get to the end, I didn't actually know a lot about it. I'm not going to lie. When it comes to real life financial bullshit, I don't generally try to pay too much attention because I just get angry every time Also, I this do. was in like the 90s and like. Exactly. So like we were We literally had children. no idea. Um, so I, so at the end, they reveal and you find out that this guy was barely in prison. And now that he's back out of prison, he wrote a book and he's making money off of appearance speeches where he's essentially life coaching people to do the exact same thing that he did, which was con people out of all of their money. And literally in the final scene of the movie, he is talking to you, the audience giving you and selling you the same con that he sold to his marks at the beginning of the movie. And and they, they tell you again, like he's still making money off of all of these things. And I had this moment where I was like, but now I, I feel conned for having come and watched this. I feel like him and the people that made this movie have conned me into wasting my time and my money on this person who did these things. And I've been finding that so often with these shows because I do enjoy them. I do genuinely enjoy them. There is something about them that is interesting. It's there. At least the documentaries, they're about the stories of the victims, that kind of thing. But when you're watching the stories like Inventing Anna, like uh, Dropout, like The Serpent, it is hard sometimes not to feel like I am being conned by your decision to tell this story in this way. And you have sold it to me. You ha- you are successful in your con. I am giving you my time and my money 
in watching this and I am succumb I am just another person who was responsible for the three hundred thousand dollars that gets paid for Anne Delvey. And there's nothing worse than seeing like those like right before the credits when they're like, This is where they are now, like this is what happened and it's like, oh, they spent three months in jail and now they're out. They're still alive today under an assumed name or something like that. Or it's like you found out or you find out one of the good people, like, you know, they committed suicide three years later or something. You're like, well, fuck. <laughs> and, like, I think it also depends on the media. Like, if the media is just like, uh, yeah, like, this is just a fact, whatever, we're just talking about it. But if they actually paint them in a very sympathetic light and, like, Wolf of Wall Street, the ending like that, what does that say to you? Like, what is their angle there? They're literally using that angle. And, like, so it's just like, I don't know. When, it, when it's like that, it feels dirty. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I... Yeah. I felt that way about Inventing Anna as well. Not because, I, it's hard because I did not feel like I was falling into the Anacon, but I could see how the story they were putting together would make people fall for it. And I think we saw even people we know a little bit fall for it with the idea of like, oh, she only conned rich people. And it's like, no, those are the only crimes she was tried for because people only care when rich people are defrauded. There had to have been a string of bodies along the way to get to this point. You don't pull off your first heist or your first con and it's $400,000. You know what this reminds it, me of? That uh, I think it was like a viral post that, that went around or some story where a person traded up like a bobby pin and then oh yeah that i put a house the red, red paper clip yeah like, <laughs> that's essential i mean i don't think it was a con because the person was telling other people what their goal was but isn't that more or less like the i same think that's more like trajectory? everybody's actively participating so i feel like that's a little bit different because they kind of want to be part of something bigger and you're not really getting money out of it i would say things of value in house. some case yeah but like okay here's here's the crazy thing about like the anna delvey thing i'm like the the journalist uh, jessica pressler she's releasing her version or book or whatever with Simon and Schuster, I think this year. Of course, it's Simon and Schuster. I'm wondering if she's going to talk about like those, like the little people along the way, because she must have done some sort of investigation into like other people, because she went to her fucking hometown. Like, <laughs> she had to have met people. Like, what is the deal with all those like little people? Because they're not in the article, and they were in the show. So I'm like, there, there must have been other people that she stepped on to get here. I think we must talk about the masterpiece that's Parasite. If we're going to talk about. A good con. Oh, because oh, that's an interesting take. Excellent. No, but she's that's not a wrong. scam. No, that's yeah, a, yeah, that's a con. That was and award-winning scam, and it's a fictional <laughs> one. We, I feel like we've only been talking about like nonfiction for the most part. Um, but that is that, and that was when we talk about a grift having flair. That the parasite story, and it's one that like they're going after rich people who. 90% of the time are shit people. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's hard to feel... But then it's like stacked on top of the other, like the layers of people that are just involved in this story. Are uh, the just... story of Parasite, uh, you're right. In, in Parasite, there's never a moment in time where you're supposed to feel bad for the rich people. And if you do at the beginning with a story that's unfolding, Parasite makes sure to let you know you shouldn't. <laughs> Yeah, so because true. I think Parasite is the truest form of where a lot of it comes down to. Parasite is is like even in the situations where you feel like, 
oh, are they getting greedy? It's not like they're still living high. Yeah. You know, like they're scraping by. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, now you're living a little better this they're, month. They're, yeah. It's like they, they still are in their flooded home. Exactly. <laughs> they haven't got and their own house. They're just they're kind still- of living in that rich person's house. It's legitimately yeah. like eat the rich, but then it's like also... <laughs> they would just, just a nibble, just you. a nibble like, of the rich, you know. Eat, <laughs> yeah, eat the rich, but be prepared for the fact that systematically the rich will win. Unless everyone eats the rich, unless we all sit down to a rich people buffet, there's only so much you're going to and to cannibalism. <laughs> yeah, but listen, Parasite was a really good call there, and I, I don't want to take it away from fictional, but that did remind me again. I was going to say I, I just watched the Shrink Next Door. Which literally was a story I had not heard of at all. And I didn't even know the movie existed until I caved and subscribed to Apple Plus so that I could watch Severance, which we will eventually have a podcast episode about. Okay, people need to watch Severance. Uh, Yeah, Shrink Next Door. And I literally picked it up because I saw Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd, but it was serious. And while Will Ferrell on the comedy side for me has had too many misses to, to just have like goodwill to sit down for another one of his movies because that fucking Sherlock Holmes movie he did and all the others. Oh my God. <laughs> the one serious movie he made was very, very good. And so I said, I will watch this show. And let me tell you something. That is a good fucking show. The story of The Shrink Next Door is literally um, a man with a lot of like social anxiety um, and kind of like childhood trauma kind of thing. Um, goes to a therapist and the therapist turns out to be, you know, he is technically genuinely a therapist, but he's also a con artist and he emotionally abuses and manipulates his patients to think of him as his family to isolate himself from all the other family members and to start giving their money and their assets to him. And over the course of like 30 years, he used this man as a personal bank account and Will Ferrell plays the um, the patient, uh, uh, Marty. And he does such a good job because it's like eight episodes long or something like that. There is not one single episode where you are not feeling bad for Marty. They did a really good job at never blaming the victim and showing you how the emotional abuse that Paul Rudd's character put him through created every situation that he made while at his heart, he was still genuinely a very nice man. And it hurt it. Every single moment of that show hurt because you can see what's happening. The second it starts 20 minutes into the show, you see the first, the first, like the first scam Cause there's always a scam Whenever there's like a scam like this or a con thing done, whether it's in fiction or real life, there's always that first little outrageous thing that happens. How far can I push them? Will they acquiesce to this tiny but wildly outrageous thing? And if they do, that is your green light. And that happens like 15 minutes into the shrink next door. And we also watched um, another Netflix documentary, Worst Roommate Ever. And the most con artisty person is in the final episodes. And there are situations where people have a roommate move in with them. And the next day, the man has completely redecorated their home. 
it's it's really interesting because this I've man had a shitty roommate. We watch literal yeah, like we watch literal murder ones and worst roommate ever. That last con man was still the worst one to me, even though he didn't actually physically kill anyone. Uh he did. Oh, but did not he? Oh yeah, his brother. Forgot. He did not somebody he was conning. Spoiler with. alert. <laughs> but not somebody <laughs> he lived with. I'm not um, watching it. But actually, yeah, and it was because I the thing that really got me was immediately after he moves in he rearranges furniture in ways that don't make sense. It drove me crazy. Oh and, my yeah, God. and people I are like, why it. are you rearranging my furniture? And the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm like, he's testing you. If you make him move out immediately, or, or if you fight him on the rearrangement, you're never going to go along long enough for him to set his con into motion. But if you, if you give him that inch... He can take that mile. Yeah, and like the audacity of like that that one woman being like, "Well, he he was like, oh, you only need two dining chairs, not six, so I'll give you two of them, and I'll take your other four. And he takes them into his room. Like, what? What is the re- like? The only reason for that is to make her uncomfortable. That's some shit I would not be putting up with. <laughs> Parasite also understands that logic. Parasite is they fell for this minor con of hiring the son. Will they fall for a larger con? Will they then hire a third person? Again, that's not doing your research. They're just Can believing into- <laughs> some fancy yeah. word of mouth yeah. or some speech that someone gives and that no one's doing their own research. And this is why if you don't want to fall for a con, boundaries are important. Have okay? friends who will call you out on bullshit. Also. Who will call I, other people out on bullshit. I want to add here, we've talked about like a lot of like different shows that have recently come out and we should note that like a lot of them are because of podcasts that came out. So they're all like based on podcasts. And what's really key about those podcasts and what I'm always looking for when I'm watching these shows is those are responsible journalism podcasts where like there's an ethical requirement in them. These people are trained to ethically talk about things. So Shrink Next Door is an example of that. They ethically had to go by something like you're talking about somebody's mental health here and like what they went through and so like there's this whole other aspect to it and so when I see these shows come out I'm always like a little bit worried because I'm like are how are they gonna commercialize it how are they gonna like it was already interesting yeah like it was already interesting with its true story on its own and obviously like you don't want to exploit somebody's pain or somebody's loss or whatever but like in a show like how like how much control does that podcast do those journalists have do the victims have in their story when it's being taken to this other the final platform? Con. The, drop, the dropout is based on the podcast right they're yeah. building the story on the show based on what the podcast brought out okay and in that way they are also able to sort of circumvent some legalities as well because they're basing it off of journalistic integrity or journalistic content, something like that, they can navigate some of the legalities of paying someone for their life story because they're not necessarily paying for this person's life story. They're paying for the story that is in the the article or the podcast. Um, and I actually also think what's interesting to that too is in listening to the podcast and in watching the documentaries that are done by journalists, documentarians, is that there is an element where even though you want these you want these people to be getting paid to help make up for what they've lost, but you know that they aren't because legally and ethically, people that tell their stories to journalists and to documentaries don't get paid because they're not you're not supposed to be paid for your story. It would affect the story. That's just not the what integrity happens. of it. Exactly. But once it becomes a fictionalized story, now people are getting paid. And it then becomes that element, well, who are you paying and why? 
And how much are you paying them? And is this a story of victims getting money back or are you paying Anna Delvey? And it, it just is this really interesting one where I like the podcasts, I like the documentaries for those reasons and for when they do highlight what victims go through. I watch the fictionalized retellings with a one step further back of you the fictionalized retelling are probably always going to try to make me sympathize with their main character who is the con artist. Yeah. So that skepticism, is not skepticism is needed. Exactly. But that's not necessarily what's gonna happen in a, again, a journalistic integrity vibe. And speaking of podcasts, I highly recommend, we've talked about this before, the Scam Goddess podcast, which is a podcast by this woman who just talks about scams, but she does talk about ones where like, sometimes she talks about ones where you're like, you know what, I'm fine with all these people that were the victims. This was a good, this was a good scam. Like she definitely approaches things with the idea of like, we're not here to mess up anyone's bag. We are here to appreciate <laughs> the good scams and talk about the wild ones. So I highly recommend if you haven't listened to it, you should really, really listen to The Scam Goddess. It's one of those ones where you can enjoy what we talk about when we talk about scams without some of the more heinous uh, people died. <laughs> the murder ones. <laughs> Yeah. The murdery scams. I've never listened to this podcast, but I'm going to guess that she would have an episode about the one con slash scam that I was going to talk about, which also ties into... <laughs> which yeah, also yeah, tell t- us. It, it kind of ties into what Christina was saying about um, who is telling the story, and it ties into it because in this specific case, uh, who tells the story was the one of the first downfalls of the scam artist or con artist whatever and i will say it's not like i would i would classify this as like the worst con artist out there but it's so entertaining that it's just taken over the internet um i would like to dedicate this story to joni <laughs> oh um, am i joni scam someone <laughs> no, no 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 i would like to dedicate this uh to joni because she's the true like she's always on top of these things and the reason why i had to pause early on in this podcast to read a recap is because joni shared the update on a slack that i'm with her she's like guys there's an update so i had to pause and read about this but i wanted to take a few minutes to talk about the one and only caroline calloway Oh. Um, <laughs> so she okay. is i will say she is like conning scamming like not rich people i would say it's more of like the common folk her fans uh, her fans <laughs> yeah let's call them that um but that like what christina was talking about earlier brought brought this back to me was because one of the biggest downfalls of Caroline Calloway was the fact that she could have walked out with the bag. Like she had someone lined up um, to like write her book with her. Like she had a ghost writer pretty much who was her friend slash best friend, but she was so, um, she wanted to be the one to write her story so bad that she ended up ruining this friendship that she had with her ghost writer who ended up like walking away of the situation. And now to this day, she has not written the book, lost her deal with her publisher and now lives a con artist life. Like every other week she has a new smaller con. Like she has made skincare 
products like snake oil to sell to her fans she makes really awful paintings of her <laughs> boobs to sell to her fans oh my god she the at, worst at only one, fans at one point she created an only only fan fans account and then she tweeted something like i bet i am the only artist on only fans that has been to like um cambridge or some shit like that like that has graduated from cambridge I'm like, who the fuck? Um, but anyway, just to like, I just wanted to sl- slide this into here because, and I guess back to what Christina was saying with the podcast, it's like the con doesn't have to be large and in charge to be entertaining. Like watching Caroline Calloway is still- Sabotage like, herself. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I feel bad for the people that spend money on her shit but at the same time i'm thinking this is almost like a subscription service because these people are paying a little bit every so often to continue to watch her create more and more scams but also at this point i can't feel sympathy like you can't feel sympathy for them because this is like the 13th time she's done something absolutely not so just to like tie this because i don't want to spend too much time on caroline but the update that Joni was sharing was the fact that um i think late last year and this is a new cut article that's going to come out um the, the first one came out in 2019 it was an article written by her best friend slash ghostwriter the person that was going to write the book on her behalf for the publisher so that uh woman wrote an article for the cut it went viral on the internet um and that was in 2019 there's a new article i think either came out today or coming out tomorrow something like that um where um they're basically talking about caroline finally leaving new york and her final con situation i guess that she did um in new york was the fact that she was like oh i'm hosting these like final dinner parties at my iconic new york apartment um and i didn't read the whole thing because it's very long but i'm like she's like charging for these like final meals at her disgusting new york apartment and like saying like oh all these celebrities are going to be invited they're going to show up and then supposedly of all people in this world julia fox of kanye west and kim kardashian fame you mean um, Uncut Jams? Mean, I was gonna say you mean you mean Scott's Muse while he wrote Uncut Jams. Uncut Jams. I'm sorry. Is she the special celeb guest? She was. She was one of. She was named by Caroline Calloway as one of the celeb guests that were gonna come for one of the nights, and it it turns it turns out that the day like she didn't show up to the night that she was supposed to go, and then the next day. Julia Fox legitimately tweeted like, oh my god, sorry girl, I slept in, like, I was supposed to be there. So she was actually gonna be at this fucking dinner. We need to rethink what we think about celebs. I just, also (laughs) there's like something about like internet celebrities specifically that leaves things so easy. Like I was um, discussing this with somebody else, but like, I don't know, like, I think TikTok obviously has been a big part of this problem, but there's like this like fine line between certain types of like awarenesses that have kind of gone the other way. So for example, neurodivergence is like a big thing on TikTok. It's talked about self-diagnosis is a big thing. And like, while that is totally legitimate, there are people out there that are actually conning their audiences and saying like, hey, I have autism and they don't at all. They actually like, or like, or like they've self-diagnosed, but it's like this, like they're doing it for money. 
Oh, so they're asking people to do- donate money? No, not specific. Like they get like sponsorships essentially, <gasps> or they get paid to do certain things because they've gotten so famous for talking about autism. Why am and, I like, not surprised? Oh my like, God. Yeah, like awful. this is like a whole thing. And then there's like other aspects of that too. Like there's other neurodivergencies, obviously, that I'm sure people are doing it for. But like, it's like this was common on YouTube as well, where like people would get called out for like faking doing certain things or having a certain life or whatever. Like it goes back so far and it's only increased in sense because it's so easy now to so do then, that. A question for you guys. Do you feel like nowadays, because there's a lot of these scams that we talked about, like happening, let's say in the nineties, whatever, that's when they start. Do you feel like it's easier to have a scam a con situation now in the world of social media or do you think it's harder i feel like they're very different i would say i I, in many ways i actually think it's easier i will say i think the more we've talked the more i'm kind of i think a con is something like theranos and adele v uh tindler swindler where you are paying for something that intangible and you end up getting nothing as well. Like, like it a is promise a, of something. a promise of something and you get nothing. And a scam is a promise of something, but you get something worse. It's paying for a timeshare of a house. And it turns out you just own a part of a swamp. You know, they're, they're all <laughs> variations of the same thing. I love thing. the Shrek reference. Yes. And I think cons are probably easier to pull off when there aren't, Fast ways to prove how much money you have, fast ways to get large sums of money because everything used to be done on a handshake deal and that was it. Anna Delvey, 20 years ago, she's got it. Her money's made. She's covered because they would have never had to even prove that she had those assets in the first place. They would have gone with her word and her gut instinct that like, yep, trust me, the money's in Germany. Don't worry about it. And she would have gotten the initial seed money. But I think scams are easier now. These things have, like, evolved, too. Yeah, like, they've evolved over time, like, with social media, whatever. But also, like, is it, like, is our fascination with scams part of that? Or is it also, like, we are okay with being scammed? Well, I think there's just, (laughs) I think a lot of it comes down to, like, internet literacy and, like, Again, what we were saying before about, like, doing your research. Like, don't automatically believe that what someone says on the internet is real. Like, make sure you can do some kind of background check, some kind of search. Like, just do, like, think, just a couple people clicks. Are just trusting. I think people want to be trusting all the time. And I think part of that is, like being allowed to be ignorant and not like in a negative way like I don't think there's anything wrong with it in this case to be like trust people but like I think there's a part of us that always wants to trust people you want to give someone the benefit of the doubt yeah Yeah. and another part of that is FOMO like half yeah yeah, like you want to get in on something half the time I think that's second nature to us all the time watching those shitty Netflix shows yeah and I don't think that's ever going to go away (laughs) And, and I will say that's a key thing that's shown in the dropout as well, that one of the reasons Anna gets her initial money is because the person who initially invests with her has FOMO because he did not invest in Yahoo when he had the opportunity. Yeah. And that initial funding and board member that she gets launches everything else she does. If she doesn't have that first thing, she doesn't get the rest of it. Not Anna. Elizabeth, and I also... I yeah. Elizabeth. <laughs> I, they're all the same. Um, I also think there's an element of the frog in the pot of boiling water when it comes to because i slowly I follow 
Exactly. I follow influencers. There are some that I like, particularly fashion ones. Influencers are also scams. Many of them run on an idea that you can have this life if you buy the things they buy. Where the, the confluence of an influencer, <laughs> yeah, the confluence of an influencer might have initially started as influencers as marketing might have been. I'll try these products so you don't have to. But what they mean now is I'll try these products so I can sell them to you. But you won't actually try them. Exactly. And I think we've all just sort of become okay with the fact that everyone who is talking to us in these spaces is lying. That we cannot trust these people whose quote unquote job it is to be trustworthy. And we just go, yeah, but they're influencers. It's fine. Or your children. And you genuinely believe in them. Like, that's another option. And it's it's that kind of, it's. I think when you see stuff with influencers, you see the, the mommy bloggers that adopt a kid from another country and then sent him back. The, the who, what, where woman that keeps stealing designs from other people. The number of uh, influencers starting Kickstarter campaigns or Patreon so you can get... How is paying someone money for them to shout out your Instagram handle? Anything other than a scam. How is that anything other than a scam? Than paying for the promise of something that will make your life better or will, will lead to something it literally cannot do. We have all just kind of acknowledged that social media is a scam and and the additional element that, with, especially with regards to white women, there's a certain subset that's a, lo- a large subset of the culture of influencers and people who follow influencers where you will just follow them. It doesn't matter how many times it's been proven that they're scammers. It doesn't matter how many times that it's shown that the things that they do are fake. It doesn't matter that Julia Fox was going to show up to this place, but obviously also wasn't. There is a cult of white womanism that will follow that woman, that will follow that woman to the end, that will give her every benefit of the doubt, that will pay her money. And at that point, you are paying into the hope that you can be a white woman like that as well one day. You can be a white woman that also scans people and make Just your money off of it. Just thinking those Elizabeth Holmes cosplayers. Exactly. And that's when, that's again where the sympathy, there isn't any. There is, I think, a special interesting idea around this scam culture of influencers where when you are a, a white woman contributing to other white women influencers, you are, you're there. Um, Nat has said we need to wrap up, but I actually knew that that was coming as well because we have been going for two hours. Uh, so I got, I got sidetracked though. I got sidetracked though by the influencer. Hey, if it's a two-parter, we can wait again to record. Um, maybe it will be. Uh, But thank you guys so much for being here and for talking scams and cons with us. Uh, It was also a con that we got you here because it's always we didn't listen. You're you're not being paid. (laughs) I was going to say we don't pay them. I mean, we also don't get paid. We lose money doing this. We're trying to get that close aggressively. Uh, But like I said, thanks you guys so much for listening. Uh, It is a con that you listen to us because we don't know what we're talking about. We are simply people with random opinions, but we appreciate you either way because we are hoping to eventually con our way into a sponsorship. I just want enough money that I'm not losing money making this podcast four years into it. That's just all I'm saying. Just pay me enough that our recording software is paid for. Please, please, y'all. Amex, we're waiting. (laughs) Amex, come on. I have one. I'm prepared. You need to rack up these production costs and then be like, I don't know how this happened. And they'll go, we got you. 
I'll show, we'll show them. Our podcast doesn't have enough listeners for us to justify those costs. So it certainly wasn't us. Thank you guys all so much for listening. If you want to tell us about the cons and scams that you find interesting, or if you want to talk to us about the ones on that you've listened to on podcasts, you can hit us up on EatsCast, uh, at EatsCast on Twitter and on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening. And you'll hear us from us next time. Bye. 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 Yes, I try. Yes, I try.